Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And what's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South and across the world? If you're listening at WWL.com or the Radio.com app, welcome on in to our show. We had breaking news right as Bobby and Christian went off the air. Magic Johnson announcing he will step down from his duties with the Los Angeles Lakers. He'll step down as Lakers president of basketball operations, saying he has a lot of admiration for the organization and Jeannie Buss, but he will no longer have that job as they approach the offseason. We'll talk about that a little later in the hour, and of course this all comes in the aftermath of that sideshow that was the Anthony Davis trade request trying to get himself to the Lakers before that trade deadline. So Magic Johnson out as the Lakers president of basketball operations. That will please a lot of Pelicans fans here locally. We'll talk a lot of basketball tonight. Anthony Davis not suiting up for the Pelicans' final game of the season over in the Smoothie King Center. And I just wrote my column and commentary online about this disastrous AD experiment that's now mercifully coming to an end. We'll get into that in just a little bit. We'll also talk a little LSU football, their spring game over the weekend. Brooks Cabina comes on in, who covers LSU football for The Advocate. We'll talk about the national championship game yesterday between Virginia and Texas Tech. Virginia, your champions. What a comeback from last year's exit early to UMBC, the 16 seed knocking them off. Now, a year later, they're the kings of the college basketball world. Mike Rutherford of SB Nation and Card Chronicle will help us talk about that. We've got Jacob Wass coming in at 9.30 for Tulane Tuesdays. Mike Dettillier, NFL college football analyst for WWL, host of the second guest show. He's on at 10.10. Our phone lines are open all hour long for you. Pretty much open lines this entire hour, 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll, should the Pelicans keep Danny Ferry as their new general manager on the staff? You can log on and cast your vote there. It's interesting here today that seven years ago, basketball fans in New Orleans kind of received a promise of a brighter future Basketball future here in the city, not just a promise, but an actual delivery. It's because the then Hornets drafted Anthony Davis on June 28th of 2012. Remember how smitten the city was with AD and dreams of banners and championships? Supposed to be the moment the Hornets became relevant. Well, it's been over 2,500 days and seven years later, no new banners, no new championships, lots of change. The Hornets are now the Pelicans. The New Orleans Arena is now the Smoothie King Center. Tom Benson passed away, and Gale now owns the franchise. Lots of change, but one thing has remained the same here. Losing, lots of losing certainly remained the same, especially if you throw out a couple of months last year of basketball bliss here when the Pelicans marched to the Western Conference semifinals. The Pelicans have had 574 regular season games since Anthony Davis was drafted with him on the roster. Fittingly tonight, didn't even suit up in that finale. Pelicans playing the Warriors tied 56-56 
at halftime over at the Smoothie King Center. Anthony Davis not suiting up. It's kind of been the story for both parties as they've navigated this circus and sideshow the last few months. Pelicans using every excuse not to play him. Like I've argued, they should be using every excuse not to play him. It's in their best interest. Davis reciprocated with behavior that makes him look less like a beleaguered star and more like a petulant young adult. Now, thankfully, mercifully, this circus is coming to an end. The Pelicans aren't going to have to worry about Davis on the court any longer. And Davis isn't going to have to worry about navigating his own self-made minefield of public relations pitfalls either. It's going to be good for both of them. Lots of lessons to be learned in this, in my mind. Many same lessons that the Pelicans will learn from this, hopefully, anyways. Crossing my fingers on that, that they'll learn. can also apply to us, pointing the finger at myself in the media, and a lot of fans that have spent their near entirety of these seven years with Anthony Davis acting as human shields, warding off any necessary criticism of Davis. Talked about it before. Perhaps the most bizarre spectacle during this whole time, outside of Davis's actual trade request and the fallout that's followed, has been the six and a half years of the kid gloves approach that everybody's had with Davis. Everybody in the city, Pelicans, fans, media, have all had it. Some of the stuff was always waved away. Injury problems, those frequent ones for Anthony Davis, always dismissed as what? Problems with the team's medical staff. Mounting losses on the court, always the fault of other players or coaches or ownership or Dell Demps. Davis's inability to develop himself as a leader. I don't know how other superstars are, and LeBron or Kobe was, or you name it. Chris Paul always hand waved away as irrelevant to any conversation about Davis's value and growth. Even minor criticisms of Anthony Davis were always met with instant derision on social media from the Anthony Davis apologists. Can we at least all admit now? How boorish that was. These knee-jerk defenses of Davis they became. He was always the player, the man that could do no wrong. Can we please also admit that this is no way to develop a generational talent? Just think about this. If you're an 18-year-old basketball phenom, this is an 18-year-old, forget the basketball phenom part of this, how are you supposed to gain the leadership and life skills, basketball skills, when he's constantly surrounded by sycophants who've dared not challenge or criticize him for fear that well, one day he just might get tired of all this teaching and constructive criticism and just pack up and leave. Well, guess what? He's leaving now anyways. No amount of hand-over-your-mouth moments were ever going to change that. Didn't matter how many tweets critical of Davis you or I deleted before sending. The shut-up-and-let-him-play approach by the Pelicans organization certainly looks silly and disastrous in retrospect. Think about this. Just imagine this alternate reality where Anthony Davis had been taught how to lead a group of men during his first few seasons in the league. Lessons that, look, would be incredibly tough on any person in their late teens or early 20s to learn. But they would have been extremely necessary. Would he have been able to galvanize a roster like the one they had this year into competitiveness? All the years that he didn't have Rajon Rondo on the roster? Imagine a fiery Anthony Davis grilling his teammates on the courts or in the locker room when they weren't performing well. 
or Davis laying into the media, the referees, other teams, players, when he felt he or his teammates were slighted. Imagine this alternate reality where Anthony Davis learned to lead like LeBron or Kobe. Wouldn't things have turned out a little bit differently here? I get it, though. It's it's hypothetical nonsense. He's out. He's on his way out. It's hard to begrudge him for that, that actual decision anyways. What person entering their prime of their career wouldn't want to elevate themselves and challenge themselves at the highest levels? He knew it was never going to happen in New Orleans. He had to. And if we're being honest, I think we did too. Almost right after he was drafted, everybody was talking about, well, I hope he doesn't leave. What can we do to make sure he doesn't leave? Past can't be changed. No, it can't. But these hard lessons can benefit the Pelicans and fans in the future. It's going to happen where we have another generational talent come to the city, come play for the Pelicans in Navy and Gold and Red. Could be Zion. The Pelicans are lucky. Maybe it's R.J. Barrett or John Morant, or maybe they make a trade for Jason Tatum. It's going to happen eventually. Whoever it is, I hope that we all ditch this kids' gloves approach and start holding our stars to the standards that they themselves aspire to. I am sick and tired of this accountability-free zone that Pelicans basketball has existed in since their inception in 2002. Talked a lot about Gail Benson a couple of weeks ago. She promised that professional basketball in New Orleans was here to stay. She's not selling the franchise, she said. I'll tell you this. It's time to start acting like we all give a damn. Gail does. That's why changes are happening inside the organization. Seems like some of the players do. Certainly seems like Drew does. And I know a lot of you out there listening right now give a damn. Well, if you do, let's learn the lessons from this abject failure that the Anthony Davis tenure has been. And thank goodness it's finally over. And now we'll just be talking about, well, what team he's traded to and what trade is the best. Phone lines are open for you now. What do you say? And what's your reaction here to Anthony Davis having played his final game in a Pelicans uniform? Didn't play tonight almost assuredly will not play again unless something really bizarre happens this summer. Cameron Jordan, Saints defensive end, lobbying for that on Twitter today. 504-260-1870. That's the phone number. It's area code 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. I'm Seth Dunlap. Tim Zimmer's behind the glass tonight. The last lap just getting started on WWL. Pelicans playing their final game of the season over at the Smoothie King Center. 60-58 to 58 just underway in the second half. No Anthony Davis tonight, so he has played almost assuredly his final game in a Pelicans uniform. A few texts coming in from the 337. Mark in Gretna, are you seriously suggesting that media pundits and Twitter critics would have impacted his ability to be a leader? Indirectly, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Whether people want to believe it or not, or maybe they don't realize this, most, almost to a man and woman, everybody who sits in a front office of a professional franchise, general manager or president of operations, in this case basketball operations, 
they are in part politicians. In part, not always, and the best ones don't behave that way at all, but the, the best ones are very few and far between. Most general managers and front office personnel and president of basketball operations are bending to public will, at least in part. And I've said this for years now, so I'm not just coming here the, the day that this era finally ends and saying this stuff on the air, but when you have an entire city, relatively speaking, I know there's exceptions here and there, and I'm pointing the finger at myself. I was part of this for a long time. Unwilling to even issue the most minor of criticisms to Anthony Davis, and you know if it was you or you know people that you've been surrounded by, friends, family, fans, in bars at the Smoothie King Center, that wouldn't criticize because, oh, well, I don't I don't want to make him mad. He might leave. We got to make sure he's happy here. He might leave. It's just done him a disservice. And if you don't think the people, at least former people now, inside the Pelicans franchise, and some of them still there, didn't act that way or didn't listen to the fans and the public pressure to treat him that way, I think you're fooling yourselves. This has been a disastrous experiment in how to develop young talent. Anthony Davis is 25. He's one of the best basketball players on the planet. You're not going to convince me that his lack of leadership skills that's been well documented by just about every corner of this country and sports writers and journalists everywhere now, if you don't think the way that he was treated and the accountability-free zone that he lived in hasn't led to that lack of leadership, again, you're fooling yourself. Fooling yourself. Text from the 404, the next superstar that will leave New Orleans because they can't win. Well, if the Pelicans can't win, whoever comes here isn't going to stay for very long. Here's a text from the 504. Not Anthony Davis's fault. The Pelicans made a bunch of bad moves. Believe it or not, mostly Gentry's fault. Oh, there's lots of blame to go around. Del Demps, ownership, front office, Mickey Loomis, Monty, Alvin, teammates, and Anthony Davis himself. My whole point here is that, yes, Anthony Davis was, in part, part of the issue at times. He just was. He just flat out was. Again, something else you'll never convince me of. If you would have flip-flopped LeBron or a Kobe in his prime or a James Harden or a Yanis here with Anthony Davis and surrounded them with the exact same coaching staffs and talents, you're, again, not going to convince me that they wouldn't have been one more games, one more playoff games and been more competitive. Period. Full stop. End of story. Now, luckily, the Pelicans seemingly have learned from their past mistakes under Gail Benson's leadership. She now wants this team to be successful on the court. Fire Dell Demps. That was her choice, everybody's reported. She's helping lead this new search for president of basketball operations. Likely going to have a new head coach. Going to have a new pool of talent surrounding Drew Holiday and Julius Randle. The two guys probably going to be back next year. 
Maybe Alfred, too. So all you can do is learn from your past mistakes. This franchise now is embedded here. It's been here since 2002. This is no longer a baby franchise. This is now you know, ready to graduate into a consistent contender. See if it happens or not. Let's go to the phone lines at 504-260-1870. Martin Uptown. What's going on, Martin? Hey, yeah. Hey, thanks for taking the call, Seth. I was just wondering about that whole concept of guys grilling and yelling at other guys constituting leadership. And I remember, I'm not a big baseball fan, but I remember Dwight Gooden being on the mound. And if he walked two guys and now the next batter's 3-0, and I don't remember Darryl Strawberry running from the outfield slapping him like Gilligan with his cap. You know, so why why is grilling another guy leadership? I didn't say you had to to yell and scream to do that. And well, baseball's a baseball is a different animal than basketball. And in fact, I, I I actually would prefer my superstars and stars and leaders not to show that kind of emotion to your teammates on the court. One of the reasons I've criticized LeBron is that he he does it in public. He acts a little spoiled and confused and chastises his teammates, whether it's body language or actual language or actual words on the court. I prefer the most leadership to be, you know, behind the scenes. But Anthony Davis hasn't proven that he can lead a dog to water. Just hasn't. The only time this team was successful when he was here was when Rajon Rondo was here. And you talk to everybody in that locker room, Rajon Wando was the heartbeat and the leader of that team on and off the court, demanding accountability. How many times did you hear that word last year with Rajon Rondo, or phrase, demanding accountability? Have we ever heard once in the seven years that Anthony Davis has been here, just once, that Anthony Davis demanded accountability from any of his teammates? It's unsurprising that that hasn't happened considering the way that he was put in this isolated bubble. Appreciate the call, uh, Martin. Here's a text again from Mark in Gretna. I wholeheartedly agree that people should not say something they don't believe out of fear of offending someone or hurting their feelings or out of fear they might leave teammates. But pretending that I honestly and median on Twitter would have changed Anthony Davis as a player is a huge stretch. Uh, it's just, you know, you personally, but when it's, uh, you know, a sea of hundreds of thousands of basketball fans in the city and the region doing the same thing, yeah, it, it, it does. Indirectly, I'm not blaming fans of the media. They're, you know, way down on the list for problems with the Pelicans. No doubt about that. 504-260-1870, our text line is... 870-870. We'll also get into Magic Johnson, who stepped down as president of basketball operations from the Lakers just before the show started. I'm Seth Dunlap. Tim's behind the glass. Open lines rest of the hour here on The Last Lap. One of the reasons I'm so passionate about this from you know a fan and media perspective about demanding accountability from our stars, well, a great example of my reasoning is right here in New Orleans. Maybe the most passionate fan base football fan base in the country, in the world, really. I mean, all these studies the last year have, have shown that the Houdat Nation is that. Outshining, you know, the Cheeseheads up in Green Bay or the Cowboys or, or the Giants or whoever else you put up there. But think about, during Drew Brees' tenure here, how many different times that you, me, media, anybody has been 
really critical of Drew when it's been warranted. Bad interceptions, bad late-game decisions, relatively down years. Even his play in the playoffs was criticized by some, not me, but by some this year, saying he needed to play better, and that's one of the reasons why the Saints ended up getting outed from the NS- uh, ousted from the NFC Championship game. Th- this fan base here is incredibly critical in a good way, constructively, I think, critical for the most part, of one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history who is beloved like no athlete ever has been here in the city. Pelicans fan base needs to take a little bit of a page out of the Saints fan base book. Yes, Christian and me and Bobby sometimes rail on uh, fans who uh, criticize Drew for things he doesn't need to be criticized for. But I never once really complained about it or thought it was a bad thing. I think that's why the Saints franchise is in such good shape right now. One of the reasons why. There's a myriad of reasons. I'm not trying to boil it down to one reason here. It's been great ownership, great general managing, great coaching, uh, the talent assembly on the roster. I get it. But one of the reasons is the fan base here demands accountability from Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton and the ownership because they want their football team to be good and they want their stars to be good. And gosh darn it, if we can criticize Drew Brees when he needs to be criticized, then we can sure as hell criticize Anthony Davis when he needs to be criticized. I, I just It's as simple as that. And the best analogy is right here in New Orleans with Drew Brees. And all I wish for, and I get that the era is over, and thank goodness the Anthony Davis era is over. Let's learn from our mistakes. And when I say us, mainly that's the Pelicans and the Pelicans franchising franchise learning from their mistakes on how they handled and developed this generational talent. Text from the 504, he was obviously too young for the big time. Got thrown to the Wolves. I feel sorry for him. I'm not going to feel sorry for Anthony Davis here. I'm just not. He's still 25 years old. He's going to go somewhere. He's probably going to win a title or two. Players this good almost always win championships, and he'll go where he wants eventually, if not this year in the trade. Then when he's a free agent, there is not a bone in my body that feels sorry for Anthony Davis, but that's just me. So uh, Magic Johnson also making big-time headlines just a little bit ago, about, what, 40 minutes ago now, he stepped down as president and general manager, well, president, uh, general manager is Rob Palinka, president of basketball operations over in Los Angeles. Here are some tweets trying to explain the situation that have come out from Chris Haynes. Says Magic Johnson says he likes to be free to congratulate players such as uh, Russell Westbrook when he had that remarkable 2020-20 night said he couldn't be himself, and hasn't informed Jeannie Buss yet, at least when this broke. Chris Haynes went on to say Magic Johnson said he couldn't stand face-to-face, or couldn't stand to face Jeannie Buss to tell her personally, so he's doing it this way. Would like to consult the team. From Tanya uh, Ginjuli, Magic Johnson indicates he didn't want to put himself or Jeannie Buss in a position where he'd have to fire Luke Walton. Now that, that is a big-time swipe across the bow of LeBron James, who has been working to oust Luke Walton almost since he arrived in Los Angeles. Magic Johnson didn't do a great job as president of basketball operations in Los Angeles. LeBron James would have went there if I was president of basketball operations there. He wanted to be in L.A. 
It wasn't because of Magic Johnson. But where Magic Johnson is right is getting out of the way of LeBron James firing Luke Walton. I don't want to be a part of that, says Magic Johnson. I wouldn't be a part of it either. Here's from Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski at Woj ESPN. Lakers coaching staff fully expected to be fired in hours after the final game of the season. They had believed they were gone for months. Now, Magic quits in public, saying he's too scared to tell Jeannie Buss face-to-face. What an embarrassing episode for a historic franchise. It is, and getting back to full circle here with Anthony Davis, this is why I have felt since Anthony Davis said last year in the fall, before he made his trade request, that, well, I want to play for a winner. I want to contend for championships. It's all about legacy and championships for me. Well, if that's true, why in the world would you want to go to either the Los Angeles Lakers or the New York Knicks, two of the biggest dumpster fires in the NBA right now? I know Bobby said on Sports Talk tonight, either the Brooklyn Nets or the Los Angeles Clippers would make a lot more sense. Yeah, it kind of would. It kind of would this time. There's a text from the 251. What did we expect, Seth? We talked more about 80s eyebrows than his leadership and his game. It's the organization and the fans, too. Yeah, it's everybody. A little bit. And again, I'm just talking inside the fraternity here. I care about, and you probably do, about Pelicans basketball for the most part, just as much as I do. Just a little self-reflection. That's all it is. You can find my column at WWL.com. LSU baseball playing tonight. Taking on Southern in a midweek game. They were getting no hit. Tim's watching this behind the glass. I'm not able to over here on this side in our studio. Tim, come on in here. Tell us what's going on, and we'll take a live listen in here. What's what's up with LSU baseball? Well, LSU was getting no hit by Southern. Not, you know, a No hit? Not Arkansas. Southern University okay. was no hitting LSU. But Cade Beloso just got a sack fly, so now it's 5-1 in the bottom of the seventh. Okay, and with that, let's go ahead and take a live listen in to the LSU Sports Radio Network. Chris Blair, Doug Thompson has the call. wonder if Christian Wood will be a name we'll hear more next year for the Pelicans. I would bet probably not. Not a lot anyways. The stars on bad teams this time of year, and I'm using stars in air quotes. Uh, usually don't translate to stars when it matters. But Christian Wood, 24 points, 10 rebounds tonight for the Pelicans. Pelicans now losing 88-79 to the Golden State Warriors over the Smoothie King Center. Again, no Anthony Davis. And one of the storylines around AD today that got a lot of buzz was he was wearing a shirt that said, that's all, folks, to the Pelicans game. Frankly, I kind of chuckled at that. I mean... Can't we at least have a little fun here? I know we don't like how he's acted. I don't like how he's acted here with many of the things that he's done in the last three months. I'll just go back to the one where he flipped off the fan who was flipping him off and, and cursing him out. I didn't care about that. And this one, come on, can we just at least laugh? I mean, it's sports, it's entertainment. It's, it's important to us. We're invested. I get it. But something like this, I heard so many people get angry about this, and I'm like, well, come on. We should be wearing that shirt too. That's all, AD. Goodbye. How many of those chants do you think he got? He can't give it back to us a little bit? If you're going to give it a little bit, Tim, I see you shaking your head at me. If you're going to give it to AD, you got to be able to take it here a little bit. I think he wants to roll in Space Jams, too, and that's the only way he can get to the <laughs> Well, is he the only guy that's going to sign up for this movie? Bobby Bear and I were talking. Everybody's turning it down. Yanis just turned it down. He's not going to be there. So you're all in on the Anthony Davis in Space Jams 
in L.A. eventually with LeBron still, regardless of this the situation with Magic Johnson and now another reset of the Lakers franchise. I think it's going to be him, Kyrie. I think also uh, somehow Charles Barkley will be, will be back in it and Shaq will be back in it. It's going to be basically Uncle Drew all over, but with AD. Uncle Drew. What a terrible movie that was. It was a, Uncle Drew was a movie based off a commercial, right? Jeez. It's weird. It's the state of our cinema, I suppose. Uh, last night, of course, college basketball championship game. We'll get into this more in the 10 o'clock hour. We're going to have Mike Rutherford on to give us his take on last night's game and really the state of college basketball and those programs, Virginia and Texas Tech, and who might be good next season. But what another great ending to a college basketball championship game. And we've seen quite a few here recently. Of course, the Villanova-Carolina finish from a few years ago. The Gonzaga-Carolina finish was great. And now add Texas Tech and Virginia to that list as they go into overtime. Well, how did they get there? Well, you had... uh, Uh, Texas Tech late in the game with a three-point lead. But you had DeAndre Hunter hitting a three to tie it up. Then Texas Tech gets the ball back, and they had a couple of opportunities, including this one before the game goes to overtime. Here's the final moments of regulation from last night, courtesy of Westwood One. One second remaining in a tie game. Mooney. Looking, Mooney, in, Culver, shot blocked, we're going overtime. Jared Culver's shot is blocked by Braxton Key, who saves the moment for Virginia. So that got them to overtime, and it was an interesting, that one was tough, just a second left on the inbounds pass, and it wasn't a great look, but you're not really going to get a great look almost any time in that spot, but it was the previous shot by Culver that, it was a little suspect in my mind. I thought he had to get a better look than the one he got on the jumper right before that. That was about five seconds left. He took that shot. So the game goes into overtime. One of the second overtime in national championship game um, there recently. Uh, Texas Tech just could not get it going. And then Virginia started to open it up. And this thunderous dunk with about 10 seconds left Pretty much sealed it for Virginia. Jerome, long inbound to Braxton Key. Key will run it to the other end for a two-hand flush. And a little exclamation point, perhaps, on the first Virginia men's basketball national title. Yep, 10 seconds left, and Virginia would indeed wrap up that national title. Six seconds to go. Mooney up the floor. Three on the left wing. That is no good. Rebound pulled down by DeAndre Hunter. And they're going to dribble it out from ruin to redemption. The Virginia Cavaliers are the 2019 NCAA national champions. And deserving is certainly one of the words you could use there. Team of destiny. The last three games Virginia played in the NCAA tournament, they were down with less than 15 seconds left in each game. Now, I'm an odds and probability guy. They're probably 25% or less to win each of those games in that spot, probably a lot less in some of those spots, including last night against Texas Tech. You add all those up, you expected three straight wins there. It's not going to happen very much. We probably will not see another run like that where a team wins when trailing down by oh, with 15 seconds or left in their last three NCAA tournament games. I don't know if we'll ever see that again, uh, frankly, Tim. 
Yeah, the craziest thing is they were trailing with less than a second left in the Auburn and Purdue game, and they still won the game, which is kind of crazy. With less than a second left, you're losing, and you come back and win both of those games, and then you come back in overtime last night and win. Now, uh, Tim Zimmer, he was very excited last night, I am sure. Tim had a few futures bets on Virginia. Did you hedge those bets at all, Tim? No, I, I was not able to, so I just let it ride. You just let it ride, unlike the guy who was – what he bet fifteen hundred on Texas Tech to win the title early in the season. He would have won three hundred thousand dollars, and he didn't even hedge. Now you're wondering what's hedging? That's making another bet on Virginia to so at least come out with some good amount of money. You basically guarantee yourself. You guaranteed yourself about a hundred thousand dollars there or so if you made a good size bet on Virginia to win that game. He decided not to. Decided to let it ride. This person who had that fifteen hundred dollar ticket. I guess it's a guy or a gal. We don't know. And of course, Texas Tech did not win. So he goes from three hundred thousand dollars to kaput in the span of that overtime period. I don't feel sorry for this guy. First off, anybody who's you know making fifteen hundred dollar bets on futures True. probably has a lot of money. True. And two, Des Bryant actually was going to pay him sixty to fifty five thousand dollars for the ticket on prop swap, whatever that is, you know, where you can swap tickets for money. And he declined. So obviously he had the bankroll to say, well, I'm just going to keep this ticket. And apparently he bet a lot on Wisconsin as well this year, and he lost on that. I just don't understand. I mean, it's it's finance one hundred and one. It's it's sports betting 101, and you like you said, Tim, if you're making a $1,500 bet, yeah, you're probably very well off. You're very wealthy or a very large whale professional better. Well, whale's the wrong word, but a, you know, a very capable professional sports better. In that spot, 100 times out of 100, you've got to hedge. Doesn't mean you hedge you know, $100,000 or something like that, but you've got to hedge something so you come out on top, right? I mean, I would have taken the sixty grand that Des Bryant was offering. I would have at least, at least made – a $75,000 bet on uh, Virginia there, just so worst-case scenario, I'm coming up, what, $7,300. Like, the worst-case scenario is I'm up, excuse me, $73,000. I'm making a $75,000 bet in that spot. Well, we know he didn't make that bet because anybody who's making a $75,000 bet is probably going to be known on social media through yes. other betters. No, it's it's true, but that was just a terrible mistake. I can't wait to ask Ralph Michaels about that one. I know he'll have lots of thoughts on that one, and we talk to him later in this week. We'll take another break here. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll tonight. Should the Pelicans keep Danny Ferry as their new GM and president of basketball operations? There is growing support behind that. Later in the week, I'll tell you, and I know this is a little bit of a spoiler alert, But I'll tell you why I'm not into Danny Ferry staying in that spot long-term for the Pelicans. But this is about you, not me. So log on to WWL.com, cast your vote there. We'll have the results throughout the show. And we're back after this on the last lap. It's looking like the Warriors will defeat the Pelicans in their finale in the regular season. 103-90, to Dubs lead with six minutes to go. No Anthony Davis in this game oak for 22 points wood with 24 for the pels ian clark with 17 diallo 11 points off the bench tim zimmer behind the glass an update on lsu baseball as he's keeping a close eye on that one timmy yeah it's not good right now for lsu they're currently down seven to one in the top of the seventh to southern so how many people are going to freak out the next 24 hours because of this one tim I'd probably say a lot because usually you don't see LSU losing to Southern, but then again, it's a midweek game, and Maneri's probably trying to get a lot of his backups in the game. And like we've said before, he's not paid to coach right now in, what is it, April? Yes. Yeah. He's, he's paid, paid to coach in, in May and June. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. 
I'm going to take a break for news. When we come back next hour, well, we've got a packed one for you. We're going to talk LSU baseball about their, not just this game, but of course their series win over Texas A&M over the weekend. They're back to first place in the SEC West. And Brooks Cabina comes on in to talk LSU football and spring game. Then we go from LSU to Tulane. It's Tulane Tuesday with Jacob Wass. Their spring game is this weekend. We'll also check in on their baseball program. Mike Dettelier in the 10 o'clock hour, NFL and college football analysts. We'll talk a little draft. And Mike Rutherford of SB Nation comes on in to talk Texas Tech-Virginia national title game. Right now, though, we're going live on Facebook, WWO Radio Facebook page, talking Anthony Davis. Join us there. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.